The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Finally! And today marks a day of the very first fantasy booking match outside of the FBL, the Fantasy Booking League. I teased it over a month ago that I would be looking to get more of you guys involved in fantasy booking. And with the final between Royley Rumbled and Mason Adams just a couple of weeks away, it is now time to start the competitors for the first ever title defence for the winner of that said final. So I'm delighted today to have been joined with my two very good friends from the wrestling community, Wilfred from Wilfred Watches Podcast. Obviously a recognisable face around here on Omega Luke, as well as Mike Arendt, who is a big time player in the wrestling Twitter world and the wrestling community. And of course the beast of fantasy book in faction, which may or may not be making a return soon. So watch this space. These guys, both from Texas, so we also have bragging rights here of the state of Texas. And not only the first match outside of the league, but the first match outside of WWE. Yes, that is right. Shinsuke Nakamura, the return to New Japan, is the task today for these two. But before we go into the bookings, of course... It wouldn't be an Omega Luke episode if it wasn't for a little bit of due diligence. So thank you everyone who has listened and given me feedback on the Darby Allen episode on Thursday. As you all seen, it got picked up by two wrestling news websites, Fightful.com and WrestleZone. And it was fucking crazy, wasn't it? I mean, come on. What an interesting interview. Darby definitely didn't hold back. He was firing at a lot of people and didn't care what he said one bit. So honestly, if you haven't seen this yet, you have to go back and check it out. I promise you that just the first 10 minutes alone is worth your time at least. But by that time, I know you'll finish the whole episode because it's fucking awesome. Also, of course, the Patreon page, if you are enjoying Role Players by me and Wilfred Watches Podcast, the newest episode will be up probably this week to the Patreons only at the Andrade Cien Almas tier and above. So check that out. We are covering US office wrestlers, 
role players. So I'm very excited about because US Office is arguably my favourite ever TV show along with Friends, which we did in the Taster session. So make sure you check that out on the patreon.com forward slash Omega Luke, where you can sign up at any tier, um, $2 and above. But the Andrade C and Armas tier is what you're looking if you want the role players. But it's pretty simple. You can see that on the website there. But there's loads of rewards at all different tiers. Uh, so big shout out to Smart to Death Anthony. Wilfred, obviously, who's also involved in the Patreon page. I also have Courtney there with the massive Omega tier and JPQ, Jonathan Pilquist, at the Elite tier. So thank you to all four of those guys. Um, but wait no more. Let's get into the first fantasy booking. And fuck me, is this dark. It is performed by Wilfred and it is titled Black. Hi, I'm Bruce Pritchard. This is Conrad Thompson. And you're listening to the Omega Loop Podcast. It's January 27th, night of the WWE Royal Rumble event. It's Sunday, and it's a uh, special Royal Rumble because it's uh, we're unsure of where a lot of people are going or coming or what's going to happen this evening, and... It's typically one of the most fun events for WWE fans. Um, you have really interesting debuts, returns, lots of changes. Um, rumors at this point are going crazy. Um, we're really unsure of where Shinsuke Nakamura is going to be. His uh, lack of inclusion in the Royal Rumble to to our knowledge has has really been built with uh, a lot of speculation it's been fueling and it's going out of control no one knows if shinsuke has resigned or not Meltzer has reported he has other people say he has not nobody knows funaki is a Japanese announcer, former professional wrestler, and he's backstage. Royal Rumble is taking place in Phoenix, and Funaki is backstage texting Shinsuke Nakamura, as they normally would do. But this time, they're not in the same city, the same state, or even the same country. Shinsuke Nakamura is currently in the air, flying towards Tokyo in the dead of night to make a special visit to, quote-unquote, see his mother. Funaki texts, good luck. Moments later, Shin texts back, says, good night. 
Very innocuous. Not really sure where this is going. Funaki then, unknown to anybody around him, sends a text message to Jay White. All it says is, go. Unbeknownst to anyone, a secret alliance is formed in the dead of night. Funaki, currently an announcer, former wrestler, has been paid off to conduct a stroke of genius. Wipe in the middle of the night for Jay White. Jay and Gato are at this point deep in the pockets of Harold May. Jay has the authority with Gato to do much more than the rest of the roster can do at this point for New Japan, and Jay has paid Funaki. To keep things silent. Jay. Gato. And with the help of Funaki. Back in the States. Has orchestrated. The return. Of Shinsuke Nakamura. To Japan. Shin. Arrives. Hours later in Tokyo. He gets shuffled through the back doors of the airport, heads out in a black van driven by Chase Owens. You could say Chase is on the case. They arrive at the back storage room of the New Japan Superstore in Tokyo to discuss the next stage of the plan. Shin is... Led into a warehouse where a single light bulb hangs in the corner with a chair and a table, a piece of paper, and a pen. Shinsuke walks towards the table, sits down, picks up the paper to read, and... (laughs) A maniacal laughter begins to bellow through the warehouse. It's a familiar yet eerie sound. Shin peers over to his left and sees, in all black, Jay White. Jay White, now, is laser-focused on Shinsuke and asks him, Anatawa. He asks him, Are you prepared for the reckoning? Shin says, I. Or yes. Shin signs the piece of paper and they leave the store via the back door on their way to Corican Hall. There's a show happening tonight, and it's Road to New 
beginning in Sapporo. The show is at Corkin Hall, and the main event of the evening is scheduled to be Jay White with Gato in a tag match versus Tanahashi and Okada. At this point, Tanahashi, of course, winning the IWGP Championship at Wrestle Kingdom, uh, is getting ready to face off against Jay White uh, eventually um, for their big title match February 3rd in Sapporo. But to everyone's surprise, including the rest of the locker room, Shen makes his way into the locker room. The rest of the roster sit stunned, unsure of how to approach this figure. He looks like Shinsuke. He has the build, he's tall, but he's wearing black on black. And he's not lifting his head, he's looking down. People wonder, is it him? Surely not. Gato and Chase usher him through, and Tama Tonga steps up. Tama crouches down slowly, almost smelling him to see if it's who everyone thinks it is. He says, Shin, my boy, have you come home? Shin quickly snaps his head up. He hits a right forearm to Tama's head and the roster begin to split up and fight and try to break it up. Once things separate, Shin says, Anata wa watashi wa shitsubo saseta. You disrespected me. Jay grabs Tama's hair and is chucked out. Tangaloa and Fale follow him, saying, You're gonna get sued. What the hell are you doing, old man? Gato rises up, stands on a chair, and says, Welcome back, the hero you all strive to be. Everyone rushes back to their corner of the room, trying to calm down getting ready to continue with the evening and and have the regularly scheduled matches. Um, Tama Tonga, Tangaloa, and Fale continue with the show. They get dressed in a separate location, and the matches continue. Everyone in the matches are a little more stiff, a little more tense, People are really laying into each other at this point. The fans are ooing and eyeing. Twitter is questioning the level of intensity that we're seeing on these shows. Something is different about tonight. Then, main event time. Tana Hashi. And Kazuchika Okada come out to tag. Confused, but prepared to face Jay and Gato in the main event when the lights go out at Corrigan Hall. A distant cry is heard from the stairwell at Corrigan Hall. Sounds like maybe a shrieking? Hmm. 
single spotlight focused down towards the entrance near the curtain, and out comes Shinsuke Nakamura. In all black, people are unsure who it is. They gasp. There's black pants, black boots, long hair, black hair. And the spotlight reveals he's wearing a white t-shirt that says Okada. He says to the crowd, And Okada, I'm here to protect you. I'm here to bring you the fortune you need to overcome Jay White. Everyone is thoroughly confused. Shinsuke is looking sinister. He's not looking up. He looks angry. He looks demented. He's telling Okada that he's there for help, yet looking down, walking slowly like a predator. Shin enters the ring in a very slow and decisive slithering his way in without any substance or pomp or circumstance looks up faces Okada and says and then the lights the light shifts over to the balcony Okada looks up no one's there everybody has been sidetracked and distracted and the light then focuses back to Shin and Okada in the center. Okada is still looking up at the balcony when he feels a huge uppercut to his nether regions. A low blow from Shinsuke. Then following it up quickly with a bombaye right to the front of the head. The fans begin crying. Jay is laughing. Tanahashi, he's of no help. He's pummeled to the floor. Tamatonga, Tangaloa, and Fale come out, almost enjoying the beatdown, thinking that they're going to go along with this. But the young lions have held them back. The young lions stand tall, all of them. And they reveal freshly printed Bullet Club shirts. Bullet Club has taken over. It's a terrifying time in Corican Hall as people are questioning whether it's real. Is this a story? This is too scary. I don't know what to do. I want to leave. I don't know what to say. I'm going to tweet. I'm going to message. I don't know. What do I do? And with everybody out, the wrestlers down, Bullet Club standing tall, Shin has apparently joined the dark side. He's handed a Bullet Club shirt and smiles. <laughs> Puts it on. Some fans attempt to leave, but the doors seem to be shut. They're locked in. They have to watch. Shinsuke then signals back to the back. And out comes Chase. Chase with a devastating sinister smile. Comes out with a black bag. And 
Women are crying. Kids are crying. It's become all too real and too dark and feels like we are watching a horror movie and not wrestling at this point. And the lights are heavily dimmed in the Corican Hall. Very unusual sight as people are watching online. Almost feeling the terror from half a world away. Shinsuke opens the bag and stands tall, straight up, facing Jay White and hands him what seems to be a belt. It's hard to tell with the lights dimmed and uh, people crying. And he hands it over to Jay. It's a red belt with an ugly W on it. It's the universal title. Shin has taken it with the help of Funaki right from Vince's hands. Shinsuke has sacrificed himself and the belt to not his company, not to his homeland, but to Jay White. Beginning a war that no one was ready for. A little time passes. Jay eventually wins the belt from Tanahashi with ease. And Gato lets the world in on his third stage of the plan. And it's already in works. WWE is is done for. With the help of some Thai hackers, the New Japan ranks have gotten into Vince's wealth illegally and Vince is useless without his funds Harold May is without power at this point Gato has taken the company over he's gotten the paperwork signed he's tortured him Gato is New Japan Pro Wrestling The dark times are just beginning. Vince, of course, attempts with all his might with his children and his board of uh, assistants and police. They have the authorities go after Gato, but Gato is... (laughs) He's a little more powerful than we ever imagined. WWE's left to wither. New Japan is now Bullet Club Pro Wrestling. It's now, and it's forever. Shinsuke is left to be feared and never respected again. The world of wrestling is now black.
What's up, IMLP? And you are listening to Wrestling Luke Omega Podcast. Maybe, I think I fucked it up. But anyways, you should subscribe. That was indeed Wilfred's fantasy booking. But I am now back to introduce someone. And I have, I want to have a little chat with the next competitor. He is a longtime supporter of the channel. So first, thank you all for that. But this is the Don of fantasy booking factions. So if you recognize his name already from the title, it's probably because he was in nine out of 10 times I did the fantasy booking faction. He was in the top three every week. And finally, his long overdue debut on Omega Luke has come. It's of course, my man, Mike. How you doing, Mike? Doing good, Luke. How are you? I am awesome. I'm very excited to have you on today. Um, we sort of teased this match up a long time ago. It's almost about, it's over a month now. So I'm excited <laughs> to get you and Wilfred on to have this match. Yes, sir. Um, obviously, before we get into your fancy booking, it's your first time on here. So I want to get to know, I want the people to get to know you a little bit more. I know you quite well from interacting with you loads on Twitter. Um, like I said, it's finally great to have you on. But before we get into your booking, when did you begin listening to the Fantasy Booking League? Have you listened to a lot of the the Fantasy Booking episodes? Uh, I've listened to probably two thirds of them. Yeah, I came in, I think, around round three or four, maybe. Yeah. Do you have so, a favorite? Hmm. I. I really don't. I, I haven't heard the most recent one with uh, Royally Rumbled. I want to hear that one because I've heard nothing but good stuff about it. Yeah, I, you know, without giving anything away, they fucking brought it again. They've been very good. <laughs> um, I was, I wasn't. I would say I was surprised when they came in because you know I, I know of them quite well, and they they're hard workers. They you know they they're all or nothing guys. So I was expecting them to be quite good when I brought them into the league. Um, as as a replacement for Kinzer, but I didn't expect them to be that good. Um, and they do this very weird, like two man thing, where one sets up the promo um, by describing what's happening, then the other does the promo, and it still fascinates me to this day. It just sounds so cool when they do it. Um, but yeah, that's awesome. It's it's definitely worth listening to because Matt's is also very good. M A double F. He was also very good in that match as well. Um, if with the people that you have listened to, then. Who do you think, style-wise, you will relate to the most? Because this is the first match we're having outside of the Fantasy Booking League. So you and Wilfred are, are basically a guinea pig to what I have coming in the future. Ooh, uh, that's a good question. Um, I honestly don't know who I would line up with the best. Uh, I want to say math, but... Math's a good that's... choice. He's a strong booker. Yeah. So, let's hope you don't talk like Matt, though, because that guy can be very frustrating um, <laughs> trying to reason with. He is my best friend, but my God, is he egotistical about his fantasy bookings? <laughs> he definitely is. Yeah, he's confident in what rem- he's got, but I like it. I remember him calling himself the only undefeated person when there was nobody else that had lost yet. Yeah, so. yeah, that's that's Matt for you. Um, awesome guy. So that's all sort of the, the questions I want to know fantasy booking-wise, Mike. But what I want to know now, I know you quite well um, from what you... But tell the listeners what sort of things you're listening to, uh, what, what sort of things you, you watch, sorry, uh, wrestling-wise. 
wrestling wise, I I jumped back and forth between WWE, NXT, New Japan. Uh, I try to hit Ring of Honor every once in a while. Uh, just started recently watching Stardom. Yeah, yes, yeah, so which I've, has been pretty cool. I'm going to get so, into that this month, definitely. So my next my next step is to start getting into more Beyond stuff, or not Beyond, uh, Progress. Yeah, oh, honestly, Mike, you will not regret it. I've got back into Progress really recently, and I think I've watched like five of the chap the, the the latest chapters loved every single one so i've gone back and watched a few other ones and i can't find like a bad match in any of them they're, they're so enjoyable there's very well paced like they got um like the the comedy acts in the middle the comedy matches in the middle to break up like, the serious ones it's just so fucking awesome i love it awesome not to mention the talent is unbelievable it. as well oh yeah um you also uh I don't know if you are allowed to say or not yet, but I hear you have a podcast coming. And if you if you aren't allowed to say, don't worry, I'll, I'll edit this part out. Uh, yeah, uh, Mags uh, at Deej Kirkby and I have started or been working together behind the scenes, setting up our own podcast. It's going to be called Why We Watch, and we will be interviewing content creators, wrestling fans. Uh, trying to get to know the people behind the community more. Yeah. We've got to put a spotlight on them. I love that idea. I really do. And Darren, he's, he's a great bloke, Max. Um, oh, he's yeah. A, he's another big supporter of Omega Luke. So uh, I can't wait to listen to you guys because you talk a lot of sense on Twitter. Um, we all ha- we always have great conversations on Twitter. So um, definitely when that comes out. Why we watch, is that is that is that right? why we watch yes sir why we watch why we watch when that comes out we all we we will all need to listen to why we watch and and give a little subscribe and um and see what see what you got mike i like it definitely right mike let's wait no longer let me hear your nakamura fantasy booking return to new japan all right let's get into this we're gonna start july 5th 2019 the press conference for the G1 Climax. The competitors are going to enter the room, take their places at the rows of tables to begin the press conference. There's one spot still empty. Togi Makabe has suffered an injury and will not be cleared for the tournament. Speculation is swirling around the identity of the final competitor. Could there be a junior that moves up? Could there be a young lion that gets the nod? The only people who know for sure are staying quiet. The press conference moves forward without the final member of the A block. The competitors take turns one by one making their statements to the press, explaining how and why they will win. Naito takes up his usual position, sleeping in the back row with the IC title displayed next to him. Finally, towards the end of the conference, Harold Mage comes in to address the empty seat. I am happy to announce that we have only just now signed the final competitor to a contract to compete in the G1 Climax tournament. But, per a stipulation that they have requested, they will not be announced until their first match, which will be the headliner for the July 6th show in Dallas, Texas. The room explodes with muffled chatter between press and wrestlers, all speculating as to who this person could be. July 6th at the American Airlines Center in Dallas, Texas. The first night of the G1 is drawing to a close. The second to last match has just concluded, 
seeing Ishii get a very close victory over Evil to get his first two points of the tournament. After a short intermission, it's time to start the next match. We hear the familiar music of Tanahashi blast over the PA to a huge pop from the audience. The ace steps out onto the stage and waves, carrying the IWGP Heavyweight Championship that he won from, Com- from Kenny Omega back at Wrestle Kingdom 13. He makes his way to the ring. As he makes his way to the ring, we, some- we see someone from the commentary area sneak over to the ring, hand a note to the ring announcer, and just stand at ringside. Tanahashi enters the ring, the music dies down, and he waits for his opponent to arrive. We see this same mysterious person who handed the card to the ring announcer step up into the ring. He's wearing a hat and sunglasses, obscuring his identity. All that can be heard is him yelling, read it, at the announcer, who looks extremely confused. Finally, the ring announcer holds the microphone to his mouth and reads the card with the words, Bomaye. The crowd erupts as we see the mystery opponent deliver a picture-perfect Bomaye knee strike to the shocked Tanahashi. Red Shoes rings the bell to signal the start of the match, but the sound of the bell is lost amidst the shouts from the audience. Our mystery man delivers yet another knee strike to Tanahashi, makes the cover for the three count. Red Shoes signals for the bell as the mysterious figure rips off his disguise to reveal himself to be none other than Shinsuke Nakamura. He has returned to NJPW and with authority, taking out the current IWGP heavyweight champion in record time. Shinsuke goes back to ringside, grabs a microphone, holds it up and yells, I am back. The roar of the arena is deafening. He stands in the center of the ring, soaking in the praise that he has missed so much after his time in WWE. The crowd starts to back and quiet back down as Shinsuke begins to speak again. I left for three years, and this is what happens when I am gone. This is your champion, he asks as he points to a crumpled Tana in the corner. Chaos, my faction, is in ruins, and Naito has the icy title that I worked so hard to elevate and treats it like a bag of garbage. I am back, and I will take back this company, return it to its place as the king of the sport, and after I win the G1 Climax, I will take back my spot at the top of the mountain. Shinsuke drops the microphone and walks up the ramp to the backstage area, accompanied by the cheers of the audience. The king of strong style is back, and he's taking no prisoners. Fast forward to August 11th, the Nippon Budokan in Tokyo, Japan. It's the final night of the G1 tournament. Shinsuke has run roughshod over the A block. He has defeated a murderer's row of competitors consisting of Tanahashi, Suzuki, Evil, Elgin, Okada, Goto, Ishii, and Zack Sabre Jr., and finally a hard-fought battle against Kota Ibushi to finish with a perfect score of 18 points. Having gone the entire tournament without a single loss, meanwhile, in B-Block, Tetsuya Naito has advanced to the finals with a record of 7-2 and and 14 points, his only defeats at the hands of Sonata and Jay White. Before the final match, Nakamura and Naito meet in a press conference. Nakamura says, Naito, you are not worthy of this match. I have gone undefeated. Meanwhile, you were pinned twice. I will not fight you. I have already won and have nothing to prove by beating you. Naito responds, Nakamura, you may have won the A block, but you've not beaten me. Plus, I have the one thing you truly desire. 
pointing to the icy title, which has been tossed on the t- onto the table haphazardly, lying face down. Its belt dingy and dirty, and the plates scuffed and warm from, worn from being dragged around. This useless belt that means nothing is your legacy here, and right now, I own that legacy. Nakamura says, Is that so, Naito? Then why don't you put up that title for grabs as well? You say you own my legacy? Then face me for it. Naito grins. He's gotten what he wanted. I accept, Nakamura, and once I have beaten you, I will take not only my title shot for Wrestle Kingdom 14, but walk out with your legacy trailing behind me. August 12th, the G1 Climax Finals. It's time for the final match of the uh, G1 Climax Tournament. The first step on the way to Wrestle Kingdom 14 main event. Who will face Tanahashi for the IWGP heavyweight title? And the more looming question, will Nakamura reclaim and restore the prestige of the IC title from the disgraceful treatment by Naito? The tension in the arena is so thick you could cut it with a knife. People have arrived en masse to support their favorite. Shinsuke is the first to enter. As he makes his way down to the ramp, crack! Naito runs from backstage and hits Nakamura in the back of the head with the Intercontinental title. Naito throws the belt towards the ring and starts pummeling Nakamura with punches while he writhes in agony on the ground. Naito picks up a stunned Nakamura and drags him to the ring, finally throwing him in. As soon as Naito is through the ropes, Red Shoes calls for the bell, and the match officially begins. Naito is solidly in control through the opening of the match. Nakamura is unable to mount any offense whatsoever against the LIJ leader. The crowd begins to cheer for Shinsuke, trying to will him into the fight, but it seems to be a lost cause. Naito hits Nakamura with a swinging DDT, planting Nakamura headfirst into the mat. Naito stands over him and strikes his signature pose. Nakamura wills himself to his feet. Naito chops him hard across the chest, the sounds echoing through the Budokan. Naito hits him with a second chop and a third, but this time Nakamura stands tall through the punishment. Nakamura then puts both of his arms forward and yells, Come on! at Naito. Naito is incensed by this and rears back, ready to deliver another massive chop when he is caught by a spinning kick from Nakamura and drops to the ground. Shinsuke is back in the fight. Nakamura fights like a man possessed, countering everything Naito throws his way. Naito finds a way to roll out of the ring, creating some separation between the two fighters. Nakamura yelling at him from the ring to get back in and finish the match. Naito grabs a chair from the commentary area and begins to get into the ring. Red Shoe steps in, grabbing the chair and admonishing Naito. During the distraction, Bushi appears from out of nowhere and attempts to hit Nakamura with his mist. Nakamura ducks the attack and pops back up, grabbing Bushi and delivering an exploder suplex. Dazed, Bushi rolls from the ring while Naito drops the chair and bursts past Red Shoes. He grabs the distracted distracted Nakamura and attempts to hit him with the Destino. Shinsuke reverses the attack and hits Naito with an exploder for his trouble. A dazed and wide-eyed Naito gets to his knees only to be greeted with a Bomaye knee strike laying him out. Nakamura scurries over to get the cover. One, two, three. 
Red Shoes calls for the bell, and the Budokan explodes with cheers. Nakamura has done it. He has returned from WWE and not only won the G1 Climax with a perfect record, but has reclaimed the Intercontinental title from Naito. And he now has a clear path to the Wrestle Kingdom main event and his eyes set on being the first double ice intercontinental and heavyweight champion in New Japan history. And that's what I got. Great. Thank you very much, Mike. Let's find out how you got on against Wilfred in the outro. There we have it, guys. The first fantasy booking match outside of the fantasy booking league is done. But what do I call it now? What do I call the fantasy booking matches now that is not part of a league format? Let me know, guys. Let me know your suggestions for that. We obviously have the title matches coming up thick and fast, either once a month or once every six weeks. There is no Brock Lesnar's on my show. So the champion will be defending their belt as many times as physically possible to make sure all of you guys get a good shot at that title belt because I know I've had a lot of people interested in becoming the Omega Luke fantasy booking champion. But let's focus now on this match. I told you I had something special for you, didn't I? Very different. Let's go First to Wilfred and his pros. The very eerie music really set in the mood for that tone that Wilfred wanted to give. So that was new and very innovative and I liked that. Wilfred watches podcast coming in with the Japanese language. Executed perfectly. Perfectly, by the way, if my Japanese is correct and I still can't even speak English. I am rusty in my Japanese, but obviously I can tell that was correct. And by the way just to put a friend over whilst on this topic. It's not the finished podcast and the amazing Hisame are doing a brand new podcast topic where they teach you how to speak the Japanese language using a lot of wrestling terms. So make sure you go check that out. Hisame is the pro wrestling Noah lady, which you will see me retweet loads because what she does is incredible. She's sort of like the English person for pro wrestling Noah. She's got so many people into Noah. Um, so big respect to Hisame and Dan from That's Not The Finished Podcast. I'm hoping to be working with them very soon, but they have a great idea for a podcast and I'm going to have to check that out because I want to learn a bit of Japanese language. So they are doing that. Make sure you check that out. Back to the pros for Wilfred, the arrival of Shin in the change room would be awesome. But is this behind the scenes or is it on camera? Because either way, it's a great story. So I'm not taking that away from him. But I'm taking it as we are seeing this happening as it is a fantasy booking. Also, great impressions of Tamatonga and Gado like that. And he kept a lot of mystique. And that was the the whole purpose of Wilfred's episode titled Black. The mystique and you never really quite knew what was going to happen and what was going to happen next and it was very good storytelling. Kept you on the edge of your seat. Kept you guessing what is going to happen next. Let's have a look at your cons, Wilfred. The text conversation between Funaki and Shin is good but do the audience see this and if so, what audience? Is it the New Japan audience? Is it the WWE audience? 
And yes, this is a great storytelling and very dark. But of course, it's also very unrealistic having all the doors locked and the women and children crying and illegally robbing Vince McMahon. Wilfred, fuck me, man. I was in tears of laughter listening to that. But like I said, it was really good storytelling. And overall, the thing the thing is, I absolutely loved it. Like, the storytelling was incredible. The music used for it was perfect. It was very dark, very mysterious. And as a story being told, if that was made into, like, an anime or a comic book series, I would watch slash read the shit out of that. Seriously, so good. But is it very unrealistic? And obviously, it is for a fantasy booking. But my God, did I enjoy listening to that. So let's have a look at Mike, uh, big boss man Mike. Great setup for the introduction of Nakamura for the G1. And great first match, very Matt Riddle-like. Some Sometimes a very fast shock win can be awesome. Uh, so I, I do, I am partial for that because it's different and I like different. Mike did a great job of bringing the history of the IC belt and the chaos formation by Nakamura in the first place into consideration in his book. And I really appreciate that because that is something which I was hoping at least one of you would do um, as I've recently become a bit of a mark for New Japan's YouTube channel um, where they've looked back at the history of chaos. So a lot of Shinsuke Nakamura back there when I never used to watch it. So it's very interesting to me and how much he... He elevated that icy title belt, um, which is something I I love as a wrestling fan. Just because it's not the main belt doesn't mean you cherish that belt. And Shinsuke Nakamura did wonders for the IC, IWGP IC belt, um, which was also held by Andrade Cienalma. So that is another reason why I love that belt when he actually surprisingly beat Nakamura. So the history, as you can tell, I'm a big fan of. And Mike, using the history of the IC belt and the chaos formation, had a big thumbs up from me. I also love how he put in so much detail into the G1 with who beat who. So we knew exactly where we was. We knew who was in each block. We know who was leading each block. And we knew the scores going into the last round of the G1 matches. Um, I'm a big fact fan and I like that was also a great back-and-forth promo from Naito and Nakamura. I, bit, I, I did appreciate that. And as well as a fantastic description of the G1 Climax match against Naito. We heard a couple of weeks ago... Was it a couple of weeks when you listened to this? It might have been last... Last week, we heard the uh, match that Royley Rumble described, their triple threat match for the finale um, of their fantasy booking. And that was easily the best match we have ever heard being described on a fantasy booking on the Omega Luke Wrestling Podcast Fantasy Booking League. But this came close, I must admit. And for a first time go, well done, Mike. That was brilliant from you. Um, let's go on to your cons. You do have some cons, though. Maybe a Nakamura introduction with music would have got a bit of a huge pop instead of him already being in the ring um, and without any music and just hitting him with a bomb IA. Maybe if he was in the ring or he was backstage, something like that, the Shinsuke Nakamura music hit, massive pop from the crowd, the person in the ring's not knowing what's going on, and then bang, bomb IA from behind, something like that would have been pretty cool. 
Um, the Bushi interference is very unlike the LIJ we are seeing right now as a cool baby face. Uh, but that's not too much of a bigger deal. You know, it's your fantasy book, and if you want them to be heels, they act like heels. But that's just something I, I did pick up because I thought that's very unlike LIJ to sort of interfere in each other's matches. Uh, maybe the only downside was that Shinsuke was too strong. Uh, so if you, you had him undefeated and the potential to be a double champ, obviously winning the IC belt and the G1 at the same time. But overall, this was a solid booking of Nakamura and a great return for him. So where to Mike for that? My particular highlights, like I said, I love the history factors that, put, that Mike put into it. The G1 press conference with the Naito reference made me smile. But the description of the Nakamura versus Naito match was my biggest highlight. That match was spot on. Another close your eyes and picture it moment, I felt like it was. Um, so this was Mike's first time on the podcast, but we've got a lot of stuff planned for the future as well. It has his own podcast too, which you heard about, uh, which he has very kindly asked me to be a guest on in the future at some point, which I obviously said yes, as I love going on other podcasts, as well as I love speaking to Mike and Darren. So guys, who won the Battle of Texas? Who won my first ever fantasy booking match outside of the fantasy booking league? And who wins this contenders match? Well, before I announce the winner of this match, I am going to tell you what the winner of this match will get from winning said match. I bet you're confused because I am. So the winner of this match does go on to another match, a number one contenders match. And in that match, they will be facing the winner of Nev the Rock Cryguy versus a person who I have yet to announce. But that match will be coming up probably after the final um, between Royley Rumbled and Mason Adams. So, like I said, two more wins is what is required to face the champion in the first ever defence of this championship, the Omega Loop Championship. So who wins today? Well, as I've already given my pros and cons, you may have a slight inkling that I always stick to the stipulation. And as much as I loved Wilfred's storytelling, it just wasn't enough of a fantasy booking. So the winner is Mike Arendt. A very valiant effort from both of these guys. I did very much enjoy it. Um, thank you both for as well for being the first ever guys to do a New Japan version of a fantasy booking match that is something to cross off the list and i can't wait to do more just like this and spread the wings so people who aren't the biggest wwe fans can also listen in and enjoy so thank you very much mike aaron goes on to the next match will he face nev will he face someone else that is to be determined later on down the line but it is nearly time we are just two weeks away in between this final match i have of course a few episodes coming up one is the jazz episode which um i was supposed to be out this thursday just gone however the darby allen episode happened um and because of the topic that he spoke about with the priscilla kelly tampon thing 
I could not release that a week later because it was so on topic with what was going on. I would have been an idiot to release that a week later. And as you've seen, obviously, two news reports actually picked up the story. So well done me for anticipating that. So yes, the jazz episode, which, by the way, is not a stint on the jazz episode. It is also a very good episode. And I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Obviously, she is a bit of a WWF legend from that very good women's era. So, yes, that comes out on Thursday. Next Monday is finally the time where myself and MAFF, the mark with the mouth, go one-on-one per Josh and Stu's stipulations, fantasy booking, the Royal Rumble match. That is finally happening next Monday. Um, The result probably will be the week after on Josh and Stu's podcast that they will release. So we will find out the aftermath from that on their podcast. But then, of course, we have a Thursday episode. Not too sure what it's going to be yet. It could be an interview. It could not. But that being said, we have the final on the Monday. The the finale of the Fantasy Booking League, finally. So I can't wait for you guys to check that out. The stipulation for the final has been set. Yes, everyone did vote for the reverse um, the reverse invasion angle. However, both parties came to me and said, Luke, I think it would be better if we were given a much simpler stipulation and let the fantasy booking do the talking. And I thought, you know what? As much as I wanted a huge finale to end this fantasy booking league, I completely understand where they are coming from. I want this to be the best fantasy bookings from the whole league. So if that means to give them one simple stipulation and let them roll with it, rather than having a very complicated stipulation, which I could just use for someone else, then that is going to be what is going to be done. So the reverse invasion angle will be Nev versus mystery opponent, who I haven't quite set up as a definite opponent yet. So I can reveal that the final will be fantasy booking my favourite wrestler, Andrade Cian Almas. So that is going to be very good. Obviously, I did a part one, two and three on this podcast of how I would book Andrade Cian Almas. But we have never had it in the fantasy booking league or from someone else other than myself. So I'm very intrigued on how the guys would like to do the fantasy booking of Andrade as well. So I'm going to leave that here. Uh, Obviously, more due diligence. If you wish to buy yourself an Omega Luke t-shirt, we have, of course, the new King of Fantasy Booking t-shirt. Um, available on Pro Wrestling Tees and Spreadshirt in the UK and the US. So you can pick a design, pick a hoodie, even on a snapback if you wish. Also, make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel. The Darby Allen episode blew up just a little bit, but not a lot, baby girl, just a little bit. And I want more subscribers from that because I plan on doing plenty more episodes on the YouTube. I'm going to be doing... Of today that this is released, I'm going to do my top five matches of the year, which I'm looking forward to producing because it's going to be a very tricky year anyway um, to decide. So that's something that will be coming up as well, of course, as the vlog. But I'm waiting to get 
more I'm going to get better at editing and get more people subscribed before I release the vlog because it is very good. So that being said, that is everything from me, guys. Make sure you stick around on Thursday for the jazz episode. Obviously, the Patreon is there for you to subscribe to as well and pledge. And I will catch you on the next one. Goodbye and good night. Bang. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.